You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing and want to stay tuned for the latest and greatest in Winnipeg Jets news and analysis, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so costs you zero pennies and ensures you never miss another episode. Tonight's show is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On tonight's episode, we are going to be recapping some extended thoughts from Winnipeg versus Calgary and some interesting observations from how the Jets played with their new look lineup, whether or not this lineup needs any additional tweaks and changes, and whether or not Vili Heinola is finally a regular now with this lineup, considering the fact that he was probably one of the more impressive skaters out there. After that, we'll hand out some more awards for this end-of-year wrap-up, which we've been doing for the past couple of shows. We've had, like, MVPs, we've had Most Improved, Biggest Bounce Back Season, Biggest Surprise, all that kind of stuff. First, though, let's recap Winnipeg versus Calgary, and what a nice game it was for the Jets for the most part. Um, Winnipeg ended up winning 4-0, a nice shutout for Connor Hellebuck, and in, in fact, he actually was pretty busy. After the first couple of periods where Calgary struggled to create, the Flames definitely kicked it into high gear, especially in the waning moments of the game, but, you know, first couple of periods, it was very interesting. It felt like Winnipeg was doing a pretty good job of disrupting zone cycles, preventing the Flames from really establishing any sort of forecheck, and generally breaking up play further up the ice, which didn't allow Calgary much time to create nice zone possessions and offensive sequences where the Jets are usually more vulnerable. Stuff with a lot of overlapping movement, really close in chances around the slot, areas where, you know, Winnipeg's defenders are often confused and lose their markings. The Flames weren't getting as many clear looks or shooting opportunities from those spaces. So overall, I was generally pleased with the start of the game. I thought Winnipeg had an alright start, doing enough defensively to shut out the Flames and really keep them at least on their toes. Adam Lowry scoring a shorthanded goal was pretty cool, but obviously I think you could tell that the Flames are basically pulling in jets when they do something like that. In fact, a lot of Calgary's mistakes and problems last night are very reminiscent of what we often see with the Jets against better teams. You know, the Flames have kind of been through the ringer this season, and it's not surprising that they've really struggled over the last couple of weeks and and several months to really create a lot of wins. While they did win 6 of 10 coming into this game, it's kind of hard to see why. You look at the way that they play and you're thinking, yeah, this team ain't so great. It sounds like Markstrom may have been at least part of that success, but... Watching the way the team actually plays and how the forwards create and the defenders activate or don't activate, it's hard to get a sense of what exactly the Flames' plan is. I'm not entirely sure what Sutter's plan is. You know, he used to be very much like a volume shooter kind of coach where he just said, throw everything at the net, let your physical forecheck create chaos, and hope to capitalize on those chances. But when you see Nikita Nesterov out there on the power play and you're watching the Flames really struggle to create both at even strength and on the power play, you have to ask yourself, What exactly is the direction of the team? And I think that that was a very big question that I had watching the Flames against Winnipeg because the Jets are the same kind of team when you think about the way that they play against Edmonton, uh, occasionally against the, the Maple Leafs, and some other teams where the Jets have struggled. 
In those games, there's usually a pervading sense of desperation and directionlessness, which I think is something I, I saw a lot of with the Flames last night. It really felt like they weren't playing with a particular purpose, and when they were, it just kind of came way too late. One adjustment that definitely did help the Jets a lot was to get Tucker Pullman off the first pairing. I do think that Morrissey Pionk is probably not the most ideal situation. Those guys together, unfortunately, don't really shut down the opposition. I will say that Pionk is a lot better at shoring up his own end when it comes to making decisions, either in possession or trying to use body positioning inside the defensive zone, but Pionk is typically somebody who needs more of a defensive partner than somebody like Morrissey. Morrissey's very much not the kind of defender we all thought he was. He's definitely not a shutdown guy, and he certainly could benefit from somebody like DeMello. So if you put these two guys who both actually need DeMello together, I feel like you're going to have a real unfun day, generally speaking. And while that pairing was a lot less of an eyesore versus, like, Pullman-Morrissey, which is just unwatchable almost every game, it did leave a good deal of improvement to be had. So I think going forward, it would be nice to get DeMello first pairing minutes. I know a lot of people aren't big Dylan DeMello fans, but I can tell you right now, he is probably our best overall defender, and certainly somebody that would stabilize Morrissey. It's proven to work, generally speaking. Not like a fantastic pairing, but certainly better than the options that we have right now. And you can at least run it out there for like 20 minutes a night and not really worry about getting caved in too, too badly compared to some of the others. Uh, and then like on the second pairing, I do think that we should see something like, I don't know, Heinola Pionk or something. You know, if you if you trust Forbort Pullman to handle that second pairing role, I don't know how it would go just because Pullman himself definitely is not equipped for like top four minutes. Alongside Forbort, it didn't really go all that badly. In fact, that pairing was probably the second most successful one on the night. I'm just not sure how sustainable that level of success is because when you compare them against, you know, actual competition and pressure, I do worry that Forbort's issues and lack of mobility, along with Pullman's lower IQ and, and slower speed of decision making, it's not going to end too well if you mix them together. That for me is like an ideal third pairing. You know, these guys would be given sheltered minutes, they'd actually thrive in that role I would imagine, and they would help Winnipeg shore up the back end pretty safely. And then on the second pairing, run Heinola Pionk. It is a bit of a higher risk pairing, but I do think that in a lot of ways, Heinola can actually be the sort of supporting guy, as well as an aggressive puck carrier, that would give Pionk a lot of support. Both Heinola and Neil are very aggressive, but when it comes to intelligence and decision-making, Heinola is definitely a step ahead of almost everyone on Winnipeg's roster. His vision and passing, his decision-making, his timing, his gap control... All of these things are at a very high level, so he might be able to handle a really difficult assignment. Maurice will never do this pairing for sure, but it would be interesting to see if he'd actually run it, just because we know that Forbort Pionk has been struggling as of late. I think Forbort's not really at full health, and Pionk, he's definitely wearing down. He's had a very long season, he's played tons of minutes, and he's been given very difficult assignments. Giving Neil a really intelligent partner like Heinola might actually be the welcome change he needs. I do have some additional thoughts about the game that we'll cover in just a moment, but before we get ahead of ourselves, I did want to tell you about Wealthfront. Stonks, memes, rocket ships, day trading is a ton of fun, but it's also a bit of a mystery. If you don't really know how to make it to the moon, then stop wasting your time and money and open up a Wealthfront investment account today. Wealthfront can create a portfolio of globally diversified, low-cost index funds personalized just for you in mere minutes. There's no manual trading, no picking stocks, no nervously watching the stock market every day. They automatically handle all the investing based on preferences you control. Wealthfront can even help you lower the taxes you pay as you invest. For the average client, their tax loss harvesting can more than cover the low annual 0.25% advisory fee. Best of all, it's automatic. Wealthfront is trusted with over $20 billion of assets, and you can get your first $5,000 managed for free by going to Wealthfront.com slash LockedOnNHL. Grow your wealth the easy way and let Wealthfront do the work for you. 
To get your first $5,000 managed for free for life, go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL. That's W E A L T H F R O N T.com slash locked on NHL to start growing your savings. Go to wealthfront.com slash locked on NHL and get started today. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are recapping some thoughts from Winnipeg versus Calgary last night, in which we covered the first period in yesterday's episode, but. Now we've had a chance to digest the full game, and there are some very important takeaways. We talked about the reworked defense, which was, uh, you know, it was all right, I'd say. Pullman off the first pairing, obviously a positive. Heinella back in the lineup, a good sign. But I think the biggest problem that I had with the defense, aside from the number of chances it did still concede late in the game, was that Heinella and DeMello played so little. I know that, you know, Maurice and the coaching staff feel like they need to shelter the rookies. Stop doing it. You know, if the guys are ready to play at a pro level and get a ton of minutes, then let them eat. You don't have to give Heinola like a top four deployment, but let him get more ice time. He's got like the first or second best defender on the team as his pairing partner. That's like a sheltering partner right there. The team needs to stop treating DeMello and anyone he plays with with kitty gloves. Like these guys are more than capable of playing, you know, maybe even top four or top pairing minutes. Obviously, I wouldn't really want to throw Heinola into a situation like that, but alongside DeMello, maybe they can actually handle it. Heinola is very used to playing top pairing minutes in other levels of leagues. He does it for the Finnish national team, which is obviously a youth team, so I'm not going to quite count that, but certainly in the Liga, he was playing a ton of ice time. He's been playing lots of minutes at the AHL level. I really don't see why the the Jets can't give him more ice time, because when you really think about it, this league actually suits his skill set a lot. It's generally pretty organized compared to the AHL. He's got the vision, the passing, the skating, the IQ, the decision making, all of these factors and traits that make him a really versatile threat at the NHL level. And he's actually pretty okay defensively. Like, he's not going to body check somebody and absolutely truck them, but that's not really his game. He's more interested in interior body positioning, smartly controlling shooting and passing lanes, and essentially trying to play psychological tricks on the opponent to keep them away from the net. What he's really best at, though, is creating breakouts and countering. You know, what he does so well is facilitating zone exits, and he almost does it in his sleep. He's so good at just carefully forcing a turnover, identifying a breakout seam, hitting the seam with extreme accuracy, and doing it over and over again throughout the entire game. The fact that his cross-ice passes don't get picked off, and he's able to hit his teammates almost in stride, is truly phenomenal, and it's a testament to how skilled he is. DeMello as your safety valve and actively offensive two-way D is certainly something that I think actually suits Heinola perfectly. Those two together last night were marvelous, and I feel like they were way underutilized. They might have been, you know, Winnipeg's second best D pairing, if not the best on the night. Certainly by the underlying numbers, it was definitely far and away the best D pairing, but I I would be interested to see how it handles more minutes. Maybe it starts to look more like a second pairing, but in my mind, it's Winnipeg's de facto top pairing. I wouldn't mind giving them like 18 to 20 minutes a night, probably a little bit more than 18 to be honest, because I do think that the second pairing of something like Forbort Pullman should probably be sheltered a little bit, although the pairing that definitely needs the most sheltering is probably Morrissey Pionk. You know, Pionk on his own is pretty effective, but when you put him with Morrissey, I'm not 100% sure I'm super sold on that pairing other than it's not Tucker Pullman at Morrissey's side. A bit lukewarm on it, but it is whatever. Aside from that, for the forwards, I will say that Shifley, Connor, and Wheeler, again, were kind of terrible together. I just, when I watch these guys, they don't really seem to have any sort of chemistry. You know, Shifley isn't really creating a whole lot. Wheeler did score a couple of goals, but one of them was sort of a penalty box situation where he opted out and had a breakaway, and the other goal was on the power play. But when you really look at his even strength production, and especially the way that he sort of grinds in the corners and tries to create space, 
you notice that his lack of speed is definitely an issue, and then Shifley just sort of glides around out there. I don't know if it's because Mark is looking for passing lanes more frequently or something, but he just doesn't really seem as engaged offensively as I'd like him to be. There was a time when like this dude just dominated puck possession and really created tons of high danger chances by collapsing into the slot area and creating tons of havoc down low or shooting from the faceoff circles and just sniping ones right past goalies. That sort of version of Shifley we haven't seen as much and it really sucks because when Shifley's doing that kind of thing, he's basically unstoppable. And then Connor is just sort of Connor, you know, he, he is what he is. A top-end goal scorer, incredibly shifty in one-on-ones, but at even strength, aside from scoring goals, not as much as you would want from him. That line has always been bad, it's not really getting better, but I think the biggest issue with it is that it just doesn't really do anything when it's out there except be a defensive liability. In general, I just want more from that line because it's supposed to be the standard bearer, and if it's not really creating much offense, then, you know what, you gotta split it up again. To fix it, you probably need to promote someone like, I don't know, Matthew Perose, and then drop Wheeler to the third line. Let Wheeler work with the grindy guys, because I think Wheeler's game style and his lack of speed, it's not an issue for those guys. And it's not like Blake's hands don't work this season. In fact, he's actually doing pretty well at creating nice passing routes and taking a few decent shots, right? So let him work with some of the guys who can create space down low. They're also a bit more defensively attuned, which might help Blake because, you know, defensively, he's not exactly what he used to be. A lot of times he has trouble tracking back and marking his guys, and then even when he's inside the defensive zone, I think a lot of Winnipeg's complicated systems tend to move faster than he can. You know, cops on defensive work this year is pretty rough, so I would probably move cop to a different line at the same time, but either way, just pair him with some really grindy four checkers. I think Wheeler will do well alongside those guys, and you can actually give them a decent amount of ice time and trust them that they'll be productive. Scaling back Wheeler's minutes shouldn't really be seen as a punishment, but as a way of adjusting to his age and and working within the confines of what you've got. You know, the rest of the team is suffering a bit because Shifley and Wheeler play so much together, but if you split them up, distribute the ice time a little bit more evenly, and change the way the lines work, Winnipeg will have a much better time. I'll say last night's game wasn't terrible. I thought it was all right. There were some really great stretches, and then the Jets kind of sat back and didn't really do a whole lot while uh, Calgary ended up testing Hellebuck a lot. So Hellebuck definitely gets, you know, first or second star for me. But all in all, not a bad effort, and hopefully the Jets can round into form before the postseason because they've got a very difficult and annoying Edmonton Oilers team to deal with. That is going to wrap up my thoughts on this game, though. Up next, we are going to take a look at a couple more end-of-season awards for some of the Jets, maybe some that are on the positive side and maybe some that are not quite as happy. Before we continue our Winnipeg Jets award series, we do have some interesting thoughts on rockauto.com. I mentioned them earlier in this episode, and if you weren't paying attention, they're the only place that you should buy your auto parts. A lot of us probably don't really know much about buying car parts anyways, and if you're looking for a place that has the best prices and best selection in the industry, look no further than rockauto.com. They're a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by make, year, and model of your vehicle, as well as setting a price range filter, so you'll always get the parts that you need at the prices you want. Whether you need a new engine control module or a floor mat replacement, rockauto.com is sure to have what you need in stock. And best of all, you could save anywhere from 20, 30, even 50% off retail brick-and-mortar in-store pricing, so why shop anywhere else? rockauto.com has zero membership fees and all customers always pay the same prices when you place your order be sure to write locked on the how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com today when it comes to the wild wacky and wonderful world of online betting you need to know that there's a safe reliable and trustworthy name that's why you should look no further than betonline.ag betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action 
Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at betonline.ag. This week has tons of sports action on the go as the NFL draft is on, and the Kentucky Derby is back with the very first leg of the Triple Crown. BetOnline also has all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including the MLB, NBA, NHL, UFC, MMA, international soccer, and tons of other fantastic sports. Before the next pitcher face-off, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up for bonuses, and check out all the really amazing contests on offer. Stop sitting on the sidelines and get in on the action today. This is your chance to join your team as they race for the postseason. Register for a free account at BetOnline.ag, and when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON when you register for a matched 50% welcome bonus when you make your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back to the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. We are closing out tonight with some really fun thoughts on uh, end-of-season awards. And certainly the Jets have had a few fun players and maybe some guys who yeah, maybe could use a little bit of improvement. Let's start off with guys who I think had a really pretty okay season but still have some room to grow. The winner of this award is going to Logan Stanley. And I think a lot of people are very attached to Stanley. For my part, I think he's probably the kind of guy that I envision being like a very effective third-pairing D in the right scenarios. Memes and stuff aside, Logan is pretty okay. You know, he's got a very big shot that, unfortunately, he does struggle to hit on target, but he's very physical, he's very large, but he's not exactly immobile. It's just something that you have to keep in mind that matching him against really speedy, smaller forwards, probably not going to end up super well. What I did like to see from him is that he's actually very comfortable hitting breakout passes. Sometimes he does still make a mistake with the puck handling and turns it over a little bit sloppily. Other times it feels like He maybe follows Winnipeg's instructions a little too closely. He'll wander into areas that maybe he shouldn't, and sometimes gets out-muscled by smaller guys. So it is a thing for him to improve upon. Certainly, he hasn't played like a ton of games this season, so bear in mind, this is a pretty small sample size. I think some of this stuff is probably going to be an issue throughout most of his career. Not a big deal. If you're looking for like a number 6D, I think Stanley's the kind of guy that the Jets can safely rely on and hope that he does improve over the next few seasons. He's had a pretty alright start. I would say that he's among the better third pairing D the Jets have had. And like, I don't want to gouge my eyes out watching him. In fact, occasionally he has some pretty fancy plays, especially when he's allowed to offensively activate inside the uh, the attacking area. A few years ago, I wasn't sure he was actually going to make the NHL, but now he's turned into a fairly serviceable, if not extraordinary, third-pairing guy. Just don't like expect the world from him, you know? He's the kind of player that I think is, is most comfortable in that third-pairing role. If you start giving him tons of minutes or really difficult assignments, I don't think he's going to be able to handle that as well. And then our last award that we will cover on tonight's show before we uh, move on to some awards on the next episode, I thought we would do most exciting rookie, most extraordinary rookie, and I'm going to give that one to Vili Heinola. Obviously, every time Heinola steps on the ice, thousands of us online swoon. And again, like Stanley, moving away from the memes and stuff, I think a lot of what Heinola does is just fundamentally new to the Jets. You know, Heinola is a very big brain player. We don't often have many smart D who can activate the way he does, hit breakout passes like he can, and who possess the vision and ability to execute on really complicated breakouts while also facilitating, you know, defensive zone exits. It's been a while since the Jets have had guys who are defensively sound like Bufflin and Enstrom, so it's nice to have yet another young gun like Vili Heinola who seems like he's primed to be a top-pairing D. For my money, I think he'll be a top-pairing guy. I I don't think he's going to be second-pairing. I think he's basically a lock for number two, I don't know about number one, but certainly a number two D I think could be very attainable. 
If he becomes an elite first pairing D, I don't really think you could ever be upset about that. He plays and, and thinks the, the game at a very high level. He certainly has a lot of the tools and skill sets to do it. It's just whether or not he'll actually adapt to this level of play and execute at a level that's extraordinary. And I think that's something that you always have to remember with, with defenders is that the guys who are truly elite are, are definitely the exception. They're very special, they're very rare, and it's why the Jets have struggled to find one for so long. Pionk, while he's been fantastic, is certainly not more than probably a number two or a number three. You know, he's very comfortable being like an elite second pairing guy, maybe a fringe first pairing D, but beyond that, you probably don't want to ask too much more of him. Stanley is also comfortably a third pairing guy, probably not something where you want to see him playing on the first or second pairing, right? So Heinola definitely possesses the most potential of most of our D. The only guy who even comes close is probably Sandberg, and even Dylan's not really all that close to Heinola. Even though Vili hasn't played all that many games, he has to get the most extraordinary rookie just because every time he does, he has the potential to really change the way the Jets play, and I feel like once he starts getting a more regular ice time, good things will happen for the Jets. Let me know who you think this year's standout rookie was, or if you disagree with my choice of Heinola, be sure to let me know at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For now, though, that is going to do it for tonight's episode. Before you log off, don't forget to check out the Locked On Today podcast. Get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Burkowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite shows. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!